Hello and welcome to iPhone Life Podcast. This is episode 14. I'm David Aberbach, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life Magazine. I'm Sarah Kingsbury, senior web editor of iPhoneLife.com. And I'm Donna Cleveland, editor-in-chief of iPhone Life Magazine. Each week we go over the latest Apple news, top tips, best apps, great gear. Uh, This week we've got a great show for you. We are doing the show for the second time. Uh, We had some technical difficulties and uh, the podcast crashed. So we're doing it again. um, So you get to hear all our reactions for the second time. Yay! (laughs) But I think we'll be much more polished this time, so don't worry. Um, Anyway, this week we are talking about um, some of our favorite apps, TimeHop, Venmo. Uh, We're talking about... A holiday gift guide. So things that are favorite gifts. We each made a list of top five. Um, before we get started, though, I want to take a minute to tell you about iPhone Life Tip of the Day. It's a free daily newsletter. Uh, so every day we send you an email and teach you a little tidbit of some way you can use your iPhone that you didn't know before. Uh, and we'll teach you some way to get more out of your phone, be more productive, or save time. And that's free. So go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip to subscribe. Uh, Donna, what was your favorite tip this week? So this week, my favorite tip was an iPhone 6S tip, and it is for your keyboard, how to turn it into a trackpad. So to use this, you go to any app that where you use your keyboard, um, so for instance, the Notes app, and you press harder on the keyboard within that area, and um, suddenly it will be grayed out, and you can slide your finger up to the text that you want. And there well, you can... Yeah. You slide your finger on the trackpad, not on the text, right? But that moves the cursor around the text. <laughs> Live editing. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So you, you press firmly on the keyboard area, and then you slide your finger um, around, and it will let you very precisely place the cursor where you want. And then if you want to select the text you then press harder. Since 3D Touch has two levels of firmness that you can press, um, you press harder and you can slide your finger up to select the text. Then you lift your finger and tap it and that will allow you to cut or copy the text. And so it's something, it takes a little bit of practice, but it's definitely faster than the old it's way. It's so worth it. It's just so much more precise like than the little like magnifying bubble. The magnifying bubble is yeah. the worst. Yeah. Yeah. This is, okay. yeah, usually you have to press and hold in order to... Um, have your cursor exactly where you want, if, like say in the middle of a word or something yeah. like that. And this is just this is a lot better. And what I love is once you've selected your word, you instead of like having to deal with those little annoying toggles, mm-hmm. um, you can just continue to slide your finger along the trackpad and select more words. And so you don't have like that's way more precise as well. So now this is one of my favorite uh, 3D touch uh, uses, and it's one of the few that I find I use very regularly. One of the things I struggle with, though, I, I use it to move my cursor around, but I, I, I've been having a hard time highlighting words. you guys have any, any tips for me on that one? <laughs> well, I find because there's two levels, I, I just find that if I don't press too hard when I first bring up the trackpad, that then it's easier, I, I guess, for the sensor to differentiate between my harder press to select it. I'm just guessing that's how it works. Maybe I'm totally technically wrong, but it, that method seems to work for <laughs> yeah. me. Well, Apple says, and in our tip, it says that you you do a light press or, you know, you press firmly and then you press harder to select text. But in reality, it is a little harder than that. Like, it doesn't always work. So yeah. I think Sarah's right. If you press, you don't, you know, if you don't come in too strong with the first press, 
then it'll work better. But if you're really having trouble making this tip work, you can adjust the 3D touch sensitivity of your phone. Mm -hmm. um, in settings, you can open up general and go to accessibility um, and then scroll down to 3D touch and you can change the, the sensitivity from medium to firm, which means you'd have to press harder or to light, which means you wouldn't have to press as hard. Mm -hmm. And there's even a little place you can test to see if that's the appropriate amount of sensitivity for you because yeah <laughs> there's you know, something about just 3d touch tips that just always is a weird thing to describe <laughs> yeah i feel like you're just talking dirty on a podcast when you talk about 3d touch <laughs> i feel like we I should do. bring back the explicit rating just to talk about 3d touch <laughs> at least it's not force touch anymore yeah that's, that's yeah. true thank god we're not we're not force touching anymore yeah and i i recommend the light touch <laughs> yeah that's what i once I switched my... I'm just going to not say anything <laughs> once here. I touched the 3D once I switched the 3D touch sensitivity to, to light, I, I found that this, this feature of using a trackpad was much easier to... Uh, so I, I'm going to change my, my touch settings to light and report back next week because I, I, I kind of have some tr trouble with some of the other 3D touch tips as well. So I, I, I wonder too, because I have a glass screen protector, and I always wondered if that affected it. It may. Mm. It really may. Um, but I, I feel like it's not an intuitive way to use your phone, and so it just takes some practice. Like it's a, And I feel like that's why a lot of people that I know like, don't really even use 3D Touch, even though they have the new phone, because it's you're so used to you using your phone in a certain it. way. Yeah, but then there's like, I love 3D touching my phone app icon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm sitting here trying really hard not to laugh in it. <laughs> because I've accomplished that, but then made Sarah laugh. You know, like I always use Siri to place phone calls when I'm by myself because it's so fast, but this is as fast if you 3D touch your phone app icon because it will pop up a name of your most like frequently called numbers or recently called numbers, and then you can just slide your finger up and touch one, and then you're calling them. And you have a screen protector on your phone, Sarah, and you don't have any problems, right? Well, not since I adjusted the sensitivity, so I'll right. have to do that. I find, though, um, the out little algorithms it uses to figure out, like, who I want to call, it's like sometimes it's just random people, and I can't figure out because they don't seem to be my most called people, and they're not who I want to be calling at that moment. Yeah, I wonder if there's some, a way you, you can probably edit that. I'll, Ooh, I'll look into it that'd and be find out. Yeah, tip. that would be a good that'd tip. Be a good we may tip. already have that tip. I just don't remember, <laughs> but I'll find out and we can talk about it on the next podcast. Okay, well, we'll report back to you on that one. Um, either way, it's definitely a really good tip and start doing that if you aren't already using 3D Touch to use the cursor. Uh, moving right along, we have some insider questions. So if you don't know about Insider or you haven't subscribed yet, iPhone Life Insider is our premium subscription. Uh, you get a digital subscription to the magazine. You can read that on your iPhone, your iPad, uh, your computer. You get access to archive of all of our back issues of the magazine. You get video tips. We'll email you a video tip every single day. And you get in-depth video guides. So we will have guides teaching you how to do various iPhone related things. We have an iOS 9 guide coming out and a Siri guide coming out soon. Uh, and relevant to this podcast, you can ask us questions and you email us, ask us questions, and, and we'll get back to you. You get an actual response from a real person with helpful advice. And that person is Sarah. Most of the time it's me. <laughs> um, and sometimes we'll even answer them live on the podcast, which is what we're going to do right now. And we did a big holiday promotion, so we're getting, we had a bunch of questions. So if you haven't heard back, 
You will. You're on my list of things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to answer a lot of insider questions this afternoon. So don't worry. I will get to you very soon. But Kanoi, we're going to answer your question right now. Kanoi writes, how do I eliminate a common typing substitution the system offers? He's talking about autocorrect. My name is Kanoi, and it ends up creating Hanoi. Um, and the reason I chose this particular question is because I've had a similar situation where my niece's name autocorrects to nuisance, which is <laughs> it's hilarious, but, you know, not really that nice. Can Siri have a Freudian slip? Is that a thing? <laughs> uh, I, Siri has definitely, I have a lot of people in my family with unusual names and Siri has a lot of trouble, but that's a different tip on how to <laughs> teach Siri to recognize and pronounce. Oh. <laughs> hey, I just activated Hey Siri on Donna's phone. And um, then you did it again. <laughs> if you guys can hear okay. the beeping whenever we said, I won't say the word because then our phones all start when going off. When the iPhone's digital assistant. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, you can teach the iPhone's digital assistant, whose name starts with S, how to correctly pronounce names. But that's a different tip that I can link to. But this one is how to teach autocorrect not to correct things that are incorrect. And the solution in Kanoi's case is to use the create a shortcut feature. Um, you can do that by going to settings, general, keyboard, and then tapping on new shortcut. And then um, what I would recommend is putting Kanoi in the phrase field and then leaving the shortcut field blank. Now normally what you would use this for is to, for instance, Apple has a, an already set up shortcut where if you type O-N, W, it will change it to on my way. With an exclamation point. I always like that exclamation <laughs> point every time. I'm like, you God, how did they know? Because when are you ever like, on my way, but you're not like trying to be emphatic about it. <laughs> right. You have to like convey some emotion. But in, in the, in, when you're trying to create basically a word that autocorrect won't change, you leave the shortcut field blank. And so if you do that, um, it, it will no longer change Kanoi to Hanoi. Um, but also... With autocorrect, you really have to like pay attention, especially when you're first using autocorrect. So, you know, if autocorrect corrects a word that you didn't want it to correct, immediately like backspace up to it, and then a black box will appear above it, and you can choose hopefully the correct one. And autocorrect learns. So if you're always accepting the incorrect autocorrect, autocorrect will think that's what you <laughs> actually meant to type, and yeah. then you'll end up in Kanoi's situation where mm -hmm. you have to create a shortcut, or you can even reset your autocorrect dictionary if you want to, but you'll lose all your, everything autocorrect has learned about you. Hmm. So is it true that the shortcut tip is the most like surefire way to make sure it will never change Kanoi again? Yes. But if you, from the beginning, if you correct, if you correct when it suggests Hanoi and you tap Kanoi from the list of options there, then that right. should work well and, as well. And also, generally, you should have a contact card created for mm -hmm. yourself. I don't know if um, Kanoi does or not, but then that will always generally come up as an option. Mm. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you have them in contacts, that's another way that that probably would work as well, but it's yeah. maybe not a surefire. Well, but um, if you're always accepting the wrong autocorrect, then autocorrect is going to assume that you don't mean that person in your context. Yeah. So that's yeah. a good tip for everybody is to be diligent with your autocorrects and kind of watch it and correct your autocorrect on the fly because you're training your phone. Your phone learns and the more you let it correct things wrong, 
then you get yourself in trouble. And I, I had this happen to me. I have a friend whose name is T, mm-hmm. T-I. And uh, I, I one time, apparently, I said, are you going to its house? And then I meant T, so I went back and corrected it. And then from then on, whenever I said it's, it auto-corrected it to T. And I had to go and, like, retrain my phone. Right. But it's a funny concept <laughs> yeah. of, like, a poorly trained phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link to the tip in the podcast blog post, um, iphonelife.com slash podcast. Mm-hmm. And you can, uh, the, the tip will tell you how to reset autocorrect, like if things have gone so wrong um, that you need to just start all over, you can do that and I'll, it, I'll link to the tip and you can find out. One of my favorite uses for the uh, shortcut feature too, and we did a tip about this a while ago, uh, is that you can do shortcuts for emoticons. So if you like using the smiley face emoticon and the frowny face rather than just like doing colon frowny whatever, uh, <laughs> um, you can set that up as an autocorrect or so that shortcut. A shortcut. Thanks. So I have that set up. So if I do a smiley face, it'll automatically change it to the emoticon smiley face, so I don't have to go into my emoticon keyboard. Yeah, switching keyboards is kind of a pain. It's, I yeah, feel like it's, it's weird easier to and just I feel like, yeah. type the colon exactly. parentheses smiley so, face. So there's an extra little tip for you guys. I can link to that tip too. There you go. So iphonelife.com slash podcast for all of those tips. Let's get into some news. Um, Amazon is rumored to be creating an Amazon video app for the Apple TV. Are we excited about this? Yeah, definitely I, I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm an Apple TV user. I am also an Amazon Prime subscriber. Mm-hmm. And so that really, it's it's been a weird thing where you can't access your Amazon Prime videos on your Apple TV unless you AirPlay it, which I haven't had good luck with. I um, tried AirPlaying Suits. And it's just like every 15 minutes would stop and buffer for a few minutes. Uh, that's so and like early 2000s. I know. Yeah. And Netflix never does that for no. me. So I think it's just an AirPlay problem. I will say um, on the new Apple TV, that's better. Like I haven't had, because I actually just started watching an Amazon show, uh, Man in the High Castle. Uh, do you guys watch that? Hmm. No, yeah. it sounds like a romance novel name. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite a romance novel. Uh, it's pretty interesting. It's based on a book, and it, it basically, it's like historical fiction. It takes it, it imagines what the world would look like had we lost World War II. So it takes place in like huh. Nazi and Japan occupied America. Um, so it's kind of an interesting concept, uh, and it's a Amazon original show. So you have to watch it on Amazon. And so I've been yeah. watching that, and I've on my new Apple TV, I actually find the app works pretty well, which is good, uh, streaming from my phone to Apple TV. Uh, and it has this cool feature. It's called X-Ray. Uh, do you guys... I feel like I've X-Ray... I've never heard of that. Okay. I love it. I love that feature. Okay. Yeah. So I just discovered this yesterday because I usually watch Netflix like Donna. Um, but what's cool about it is if you're streaming to your Apple TV... The, the show shows up on your Apple TV, but on your phone, it pulls up little tidbits about um, the show. So, for example, somebody on the show started playing a song, and on my phone, it told me that was Billie Holiday. Uh, that is really cool. Yeah, if you're just using it on your phone, then is, you just tap on the screen, and then the x-ray features will see, pop See, that up. feels like that'd be a little more annoying, because you, it, like... Yeah, it is. Um, but it was yeah, really cool. It was a cool two-screen solution. 
Um, and it also showed you the actors as yeah. they walked on the scene, so you could like tap on it and see what other movies they were in, which cool I do like obsessively. About the movie, yeah, yeah, it kind of turns like a downside into a feature. Like usually, I don't think of having to airplay a show as a good thing. Yeah, like, I'd rather just use it, use my Apple TV. Exactly, but that kind of makes it but better sure in a way. They'll find a way to incorporate the X-ray thing into the show without. I mean, I hope yeah, so. Like, but I hope they still do it somehow as a two-screen thing because it's like you don't like. I wouldn't want to like swipe on my Apple TV every time to see a fun tidbit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, how likely are we to get this app, Sarah, from what you've heard? Well, I don't know. I mean, it could be a hoax because basically the basis of this rumor is that someone emailed Amazon and said, hey, are you going to have an app for tvOS? And they emailed back and said yes in a few weeks. But, you know, anyone could make that up. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems right. very likely that they would. It seems like it would be a a bad idea not to. I can't I don't, imagine yeah. that they wouldn't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with Amazon's Fire TV, they have, they're have a competitor to Apple TV, but uh-huh. um, really the incentive there, I mean, for Amazon Prime members, it's giving them an extra fun- feature to let them access the movies on yeah, Apple I TV. Yeah, I mean, if you can't access the Amazon content via the method that you use most often to watch shows. Yeah, that doesn't seem... Then it seems like you would just naturally stop watching Amazon. And since they're really trying to get into the original content game, I imagine they want to make it as easy as possible for as many eyes as possible to be on that content. Yeah. I mean, Amazon famously does not sell Apple TVs on Amazon because they are trying to be competitive. And like, while that drives me crazy... I at least get You're the like logic an Amazon of that. Addict. Yeah. I know. I, I, if it's not Although, on Amazon, it doesn't exist in my world. Actually, with Amazon's original content, though, I could see why they would want to make that like a little harder to get. Like you need the their stuff in order to see it. If it becomes, you know, what people are saying that Amazon their original content, they're going to be doing more of that. But you have know? you heard? Like, I mean, have people been really freaking out about how great their original content is? Because I haven't heard like they, a great deal of excitement. They about had it. one show, I, the Man in the High Tower's Gone Good Reviews. They had one show. What was it called? Like, Transparent. Transparent. That yeah. got that won a lot of Emmys. Hmm. Um, so they have some good stuff. Yeah. Uh, it just depends what they want to sell. If they want to yeah. sell their Amazon Prime subscription, they will come out with an app. And if they want to yeah. sell their Amazon Fire uh, TV and they don't care about their Prime subscription, they won't. But I think Amazon's biggest thing in life is to sell Amazon Prime. So I bet the app will come soon. But another thing is, like, for instance, most of the movies that I've actually purchased, I've purchased through Amazon. And so I also use that Amazon Instant Video app to watch movies that I own. And, you know, not being able to access those on a TV would be really annoying. Yeah, it would be really annoying. Although I don't know that I ever buy movies. Why, Why are you buying so many movies? (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to talk about it um, because I watch them more than once and okay. like when you add up the cost of renting them gotcha gotcha fair enough fair enough um, at least you didn't buy buy Trainwreck that was a really bad movie that I like bought for $20 or something I, I was don't know so disappointed was. by that movie yeah because I love Amy Schumer I yeah. liked it I, I enjoyed it I think I'm in the minority here it was such an here. unimaginative like rom-com I was really disappointed yeah I, just, I thought I enjoyed it I think Amy Schumer's funny and what was it if she hadn't been so funny, She's it would so have funny. been the worst movie ever. The well, fact here, that she was funny made it bearable. Here's what I thought was a and little LeBron bit... And LeBron James um, should totally take up acting. LeBron James was awesome, okay? <laughs> he was great. <laughs> now you're getting me passionate. Uh, here's <laughs> what I thought was topic. imaginative. Yeah, and then we'll go back on topic. 
is it flipped the rom-com thing where like usually it's like guy meets girl, guy seems great, and then turns out to be an asshole and then redeems himself. And I liked yeah, how it was, was reversed. Yeah, it was, was like guy was meets girl, girl seems great, turns out to be an asshole and then redeems herself. I, I like that it flipped that. Yeah, he was the one who sort of saved her. So mm-hmm. they did flip that. It's true. So, okay. I'm glad we all decided to like that movie now. Uh, no, no, I go that far. <laughs> um, other news, and this is the thing that's kind of exploding on the blogosphere, as as the kids say. Uh, <laughs> you just sound like 50 years old now, David. Well, I, it seemed like I don't think kids actually say that anyway. No, probably um, not. <laughs> so apparently the latest rumor is that the iPhone 7 will not have a headphone jack. What are you guys hearing about this? Uh, I mean, I've, I've heard the rumor for sure that They'll eliminate the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack and use a lightning, the lightning port, like as a sort of like all in one uh, place to charge your phone, plug in headphones. I am not a fan of the idea. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you look at your, at the bottom of your phone, it looks like the three and a half millimeter jack is taking up more, like almost the entire like width of it because your phone is seven millimeters thick if you have the newest model. Actually, the iPhone 6 is a little bit thinner. But um, so uh, to me, it seems even if they make their phone thinner, they probably still could fit it because it's ac- in reality, it's only taking up half of the thickness of it. Yeah, I mean, the iPod has is only 6 millimeters and it has the the 3.5 millimeter yeah. headphone jack. I mean, so I, to me, it just seems like Apple doing what it usually does and making like switching up the jacks every couple. Forcing of, us all to buy like adapters and like yeah, ruining, like giving the I think headphone executives headaches. And, <laughs> yeah, I guess giving them a reason to release new headphones though. So yeah, there I guess you that's go. Maybe good for everybody. I mean, I know everybody's still really angry about the. Um, about the MacBook only having one plug. So I'm a little bit surprised mm. that Apple's doubling down on this strategy, but it is Apple's always they've done this. I mean, I yeah. just want a dedicated port for charging my phone. Yeah. Yeah, um, instead of having to use... So <clears throat> Because then if your phone is dying, then you can't do anything with your headphones unless you have Bluetooth headphones. Right. If it needs charging, unless they also bring in wireless charging, but I haven't heard that rumor. So I guess the question is, do you care more about having a thin phone or having a headphone jack? I don't, I care more about a headphone jack. I'm skeptical that it's a choice between that, which is why I'm not a fan Mm. of it. Um, One interesting thing is that Apple also filed for a patent in 2011 for a D-shaped headphone jack, and that would just be half the width. So, I mean, that could be another solution. But again, it's forcing companies to create products that work with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess to your question, David, um, about thickness, I don't really feel like my phone needs to be any thinner. I think it's like such a funny, it's really become the trend to have like a larger screen and thinner. Mm-hmm. But it's just, at some point, it doesn't fit that well in your hand if it's like a large thing that's like really flat and thin. Hmm. So here's a question for you guys, because I feel like most of the people I know no longer have wired speakers in their house. I mean, do you think that's just where we're going with headphones? And eventually this will be like, I can't even believe people were freaking out about this because who cares? Yes, I do. Uh, But the difference is, I I guess same with speakers where you actually have better sound quality with the phone jack and you don't have to charge your headphones. Like as much as I love my Bluetooth headphones, it's happened to me twice now where I've been in a coffee shop working 
and like I have my sound, my noise canceling uh, Bluetooth headphones and loving it, and then they die, and I just want to kill everybody around me. <laughs> <laughs> but then also, like sometimes Bluetooth is still a little glitchy. Like, uh, yeah, I, I like the Sennheisers. We reviewed them in an earlier issue, um, earlier podcast. But this last week, something was going on where it kept on like cutting out and being glitchy. And it's like there's certain things that you just don't deal with mm-hmm. with with wired headphones. Yeah. That but happened to me. Was it on your computer? On my yeah. phone, it worked fine, and on my computer, it was glitchy. Mm. Yeah, it was on my computer. Weird. Okay. But if you yeah. think about how much Bluetooth mm-hmm. has improved, and like just even the sound quality, yeah, I, I feel I feel like that's where we're going. I mean, I prefer Bluetooth headphones just because I don't like dealing with a cord. Yeah, the cords always die. And, and, you know, we had an insider question last week about how cords break, too. Right, yeah. I mean, one question, and I think you guys answered it, but so you guys would rather them keep the headphone jack and not have have a thinner phone. Because I I don't think I agree. I think I would rather have a thinner phone. Um, And maybe this is a gender thing because I know guys tend to put their phones in their front pocket and women often put their phones... Uh, in their purse or in a bag, and so the, the thinness doesn't maybe matter as much to them. But to me, well, it makes a big a difference. Lot of stuff like a thinner phone is helpful <laughs> in that sense. Yeah, but we're talking millimeters here. I don't think. Yeah. It's... <laughs> but in your pocket, especially like you know, with the style of jeans these days, it, it, it a thinner phone makes a difference. I think yeah. the six millimeter um, thin thinness of the ipod they could do with the they've shown they can do that with the three and a half uh, millimeter headphone jack so my vote is stick with that Mm. (laughs) at least for now yeah i I think i don't think they should rush one thing that i wonder is if maybe apple for some reason or this is one of the reasons apple bought beats because beats is i think maybe the biggest headphone manufacturer in the world and so they have a guaranteed switch over from the biggest company if they do this yeah it's possible it's a good point so this week, we're going to talk about some of our favorite apps. Uh, we each have our app of the week or, or something of that nature. Um, so Sarah, what app are you featuring this week in your Sarah's picks? <laughs> <laughs> well, this week, I probably am late to the game, I think, but I downloaded Venmo. I owed David some money for some pizza and some <laughs> coffee. And so I, and I don't know cash is always a pain like getting the exact change so Mm -hmm. i decided to try the venmo app and i loved it and i'm gonna use it for everything that i can i'm never using cash again ah so how how does venmo work what what made it great well it was just so easy it took me like moments to set up um i linked it to my bank account it's free to send the money if you link it to a bank account or the debit card of a major bank and then i just popped in your phone number and put in the amount that i wanted to send you and it did. Yeah, I've never used Venmo before, but I've used PayPal and Square Cash, and mm-hmm. it sounds like Venmo might be might be better. Yeah, it's interesting. It's hard. I use Venmo, uh, which is why I got Sarah to <laughs> Venmo me, as they say. Uh, and I don't know exactly what makes it better. It's not like it has some standout feature that the other ones don't have, but it's just really easy to use. It's somehow just yeah. a much better user interface than the other apps. I mean, it's it's so. I, I mean, I just feel like it's just the mobile version of just handing your friends some cash yeah, they for just your got share it of right. the meal, or yeah, yeah. It just makes it just simplifies everything. Yeah, I used Square Cash about a year ago. I was in New York for a couple of months and was paying my rent that way to my roommate. And um, the money, like somehow, got held up for like ten days. The transaction, Ooh, which was a big deal, because yeah, she disaster. needed that 
to rent pay the rent. Rent is not cheap, yeah. Exactly. And so that, um, I mean, Venmo, I, I think, has higher ratings. And even though Square Cash is really easy to use, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah. Also, I think one of the things with apps like that is you want to use the one that's the most popular because then everybody has it. And then you don't right. have to make another it set thing. up another one. Yeah. But it makes it very easy to invite your friends okay. like via Facebook or... yeah. And weren't yeah, you saying, too, it has almost, like, a social aspect to it or something? Yeah, you can actually see, like, um, who's been paying who and what, you know, just, like, sort of a list of, like, payments that have been made. It's one of those things I usually kind of roll my eyes at those, so you know, oh, the app has social. And it's, like, usually they're kind of stupid integrations. Uh, but this one's kind of fun because what you end up paying your friends for is like if you go out and do something fun and you, you see it, you the person can say the reason why they're paying them and you don't have to of course and you can hide this altogether so if you if you're paying and you don't want the world to like share your <laughs> whatever you're paying for you don't have to but it's fun because you can just kind of scroll and see what people did and like it's like you know you somebody went out for beers with a friend and two friends that you didn't know were hanging out and it's just yeah, fun to see i don't i don't usually i usually always turn off the social features of apps but i kind of like this because like i mean it it goes really well with the purpose of the app mm -hmm. which is you know splitting tabs and chipping in your share of the coffee and, you know. Yeah, exactly. Does Venmo charge you anything for the transactions? Only if you use a credit card. Otherwise, okay. um, otherwise you can link it directly to your bank account, which does take a few days to verify. Um, but then, but as, as far as your time, it takes like seconds. You just have to type in your routing number. Hmm. And um, if you, I don't bank with any of the major banks, but if you have a debit card with a major bank, then you can just hook up that card. It's so that's a little different than PayPal, I guess, because PayPal, it doesn't charge you anything for friends and family, but it does charge you if it's for like a commercial service. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely not for commercial use and it yeah. would be a bad idea to use it for that. Um, but also once people pay you, I you get money. I've only used it to pay people, but my understanding is once you get <laughs> people pay you, then you have like an account balance with Venmo. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to transfer that to your bank account. You can just mm -hmm. use that when it's your turn. And, and I feel like you know, taking turns paying for dinner and drinks and stuff like that is kind of cyclical. So having a balance there and just keeping it there and using it makes sense to me. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, for going out to eat, for instance, if you just know that Venmo is easy to use and people will actually pay you back, you might be more willing to put the dinner on your tab and have people pay you back. It's, it's one of those yeah. annoying social thing problems that hasn't really been solved very well is like, waiters and waitresses hate to split the bill and it's a yeah, hassle yeah. but then like having everybody to pay you the right cash just never happens so venmo someone and, gets screwed basically. yeah somebody always gets screwed and what i mean what always happens that drives me crazy is that people forget about tax and tip and then yeah. one person gets stuck with the whole tax and tip yeah. with venmo can you send people like how much they owe you like can you, can you send an invoice i think you can we'll have to look at that including tax and tip yeah i'm david totally did not hassle me for the money. I, I think that if I hadn't paid him, he might never have said anything to me about it again. He would just silently harbor resentment. Yeah, yeah. quietly. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go send Sarah or Donna an invoice because I think she still owes me from the pizza and, <laughs> and, and coffee. Uh, hello, check your PayPal. Oh, you PayPaled me. Yeah. Oh, PayPal is so, so 2010. Yesterday. Didn't you say that PayPal owns Venmo? Yeah, so. PayPal actually does own Venmo. I, I was I walking mean, around saying how much better Venmo was than PayPal and how PayPal sucked now. And then I realized that PayPal owns Venmo. <laughs> but I think PayPal, if you're doing a commercial, if you're selling something on Craigslist or something like that, 
that's when you should definitely use PayPal. Yeah, I don't or think eBay it's a, or... Yeah, I don't think it's a one or the other thing. Yeah, definitely not. I guess one thing that's not as good about PayPal is even when someone sends you the money, you have to go in and make the choice to have it go into your bank account. Otherwise, it just sits in PayPal. Venmo does that too. Oh, and really? It's, it's annoying. Like, actually, when Sarah paid me, I logged in and realized I had $100 just sitting there, which is, like, fun <laughs> yeah, to I realize. It's like, a fun, it's like when you find, like, 20 bucks in your coat from last winter. Yeah. Um, but even so, I would have rather, you know... Have, known I had that money earlier. <laughs> right, right. Um, how about you, Donna? What app are you reviewing this week? Well, mine is Honest Beauty, and I found out about it because my uh, sister has used the Honest Company to buy diapers and different baby products for her one-year-old, my nephew, who's adorable. So adorable. <laughs> and he recently said my name. Oh, Yeah, I'm pretty excited <laughs> about it. Um, so anyway, uh, they recently launched Honest Beauty, and it's similar theme where they use par- they don't use parabens, and they um, they emphasize creating makeup for like a diversity of different looks and skin tones and all that. So I liked their mission. I downloaded their app, and um, Jessica Alba is the like celebrity face of the company, and she has um, video tutorials and also a feature that's fun, which is um, try it on. And so it like the camera faces you and uh, you can choose the look that you want and it'll like apply the makeup to your face. <laughs> and Virtually, tried- not like, yeah. <laughs> that would be next level. <laughs> okay, yeah, let me clarify. <laughs> it shows you what it would look like on you. There you go. <laughs> and at CES, I tried something like this that would like dress you in outfits <laughs> and it was really ridiculous and I didn't like it very much, but this was well done. And I like looking at it first, I was like, oh, I'm looking better today than I thought I was. And I was like, oh, this actually has already applied the look. It was just kind of subtle. Oh, so really have you ordered funny. the makeup? Do you find that the what the app shows you is a realistic representation yeah. of what the makeup does? I totally ordered some makeup after that. So, you know, it's a great... <laughs> so the app works. <laughs> it's a great sales tactic for them, but it's cool. It'll show you what makeup went into that look, and you can choose if you want to buy any of it and order it right through the app. And so it makes it's a great I'm, way I'm to gonna spend check it money. Out. My kids often ask for makeup as like a stocking stuffer, and then I buy makeup, and they're like, this is not what I wanted. So maybe yeah. if I actually know what they want, and I can also approve the look because I don't think a middle school girl needs to look like she's 30, yeah. then, um, <laughs> then maybe that would be a good solution for me too. And I'm assuming this app is free because they're yeah. trying to upsell you? Okay. Yeah, it's free. Cool. Except for that you're likely to spend money. Yeah, (laughs) that's the worst kind of app. (laughs) Um, The app I reviewed this week is an app called Time Hop. And it's an app actually I didn't just review this week. I've been using it for a while and I realized I had never talked about it on the podcast and never written about it. Um, so do you guys use pod, or do you guys use podcast? Do you guys use Time Up? <laughs> I do. It's fun. I actually like have never used it before or even really heard of it. So All right, I well, need you to explain. I'll, t- I'll tell you about it. Yes. So Time Up, what it does is it tells you what happens in your life in uh, years past. So it integrates with Facebook, it integrates with Twitter, but it also integrates with your photos that you've taken on your phone in iCloud that's stored. I think you can even integrate with Dropbox. I love that because I take pictures and I never look at them again. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I do. And I don't tend to post them on Facebook that much because Facebook actually has a similar thing where right. it shows you what happened in <laughs> Facebook years past. But I do, I take a lot of photos with friends and whatever. And like, unless there's like some special occasion, I usually just don't bother sharing them on Facebook. But if it's, if it's syncing with your camera roll, does it show you like selfies you took a year ago? Oh, no. Like literally, okay, here's what was on mine like today, actually. I had like, I must have had like, I don't know what it was, like a bug bite or something. And I was trying to, like, it was on the back of my neck and I was trying to figure out what it was. 
<laughs> and so I had like all these photos of the back of my neck today from like two years ago of me trying to figure it out. Thanks, Time Hop, for reminding me about that horrible bug bite. Yeah, exactly. So glad to remember. So it does so show funny. you like ridiculous things. I don't know if you're selling this app too well. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it's fun because it's just like it has all these fun reminders. The other thing I did, I think, six years ago today is I went to Anchor Watch, uh, the big temple complex in Cambodia. So it's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm always, I always find myself sharing with my friends things that happened in days past or years past on this day. I was going to ask if that's where you got the bug bite, but then I realized <laughs> that was two years ago. Does it yeah. get confusing, like sorting out all the years? No, it does it pretty clearly. They put a little like, it does it chronologically. So you'll see all the things that happened two years ago, all the things that happened mm-hmm. three years ago. So it's not that confusing. Um, I noticed the app always told me what happened seven years ago. For some reason, it like seven oh, years was the sweet spot. Or it's something. because, yeah, well, it's because that's probably when you signed up for Facebook. That's around um, the time I signed up for Facebook. So yeah. like there'll be a lot of stuff that happened like right away and stuff. Sometimes when I signed up, I upload a bunch of old pictures. So it'll be like seven years ago and it'll be like, 15 years ago or something (laughs) right yeah that happened once in a while but I did think it was fun Mm -hmm. to see like sometimes you just you have no idea like everything's a blur you don't remember what happened yeah yeah um yeah so it's fun I find myself sharing with my friends a lot so it's a good conversation starter Thanksgiving it showed me Thanksgiving's past and I could see all my meals I ate Um, (laughs) all the pies I've baked in the past that would be fun yeah (laughs) exactly the one warning I will give is if you are going through a breakup or a divorce or anything like that time hop is a terrible idea (laughs) um it's just unless you just want to listen to Adele and cry yeah look at your time hop Had, but you'll have to buy her album. Don't forget. Yeah, there She's you go. And, well, you Apple could Music. just listen to Hello over and over. Let's be honest. There you go. That's all you really need. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you know, as long as you're in a good place in your life, it's really fun to see. Um, but it's something just to be warned. Every once in a while, I'll, I, I'm, I'm on good terms with my exes, so okay, it's all so, good. But, but Facebook lets you change those settings. You can't do that in Time Hop? Not that I know of, and they should. Yeah, Facebook has these settings now because it's, I mean, we should do a podcast on this some point. Like, dating and social media is just such a complex world to navigate uh and when you break up with somebody all of a sudden you know facebook uses their algorithms to say oh this person you obviously know really well and want to see everything about them which when they're your ex is not true at all (laughs) um so now facebook has finally learned and has come rolled out they're rolling out features to let you say okay this person's my ex don't tag photos with me with them and don't show me everything that they're doing um and Time Hop, I don't think, has that. It would be a very useful thing That's for Time Hop. That's a real weakness. So basically, yeah. if you're breaking up, just, you know, maybe delete the Time Hop app for a while. Just and delete Facebook, social media. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. Let's call it what it is. Facebook will show you memories now. They've kind of copied mm-hmm. Time Hop, but they don't have the integration with Twitter and your camera roll and all that. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So it's a lot more limited. Although what I will find is... Uh, in theory, Time Hop shows you things that other people tagged you in, but I find they don't always. So sometimes Facebook will mm-hmm. show me like photos that I was in but didn't uh, post, whereas Time Hop doesn't do that as well, although they should. One funny thing that I've learned from Time Hop, it'll just also sometimes show you posts that you you yeah. made oh, like yeah, in times totally. past. And it just shows me also how my Facebook behavior has changed. Uh-huh. So I feel like some of the stuff, I'm like, why the hell did I write yeah, that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Especially on Twitter. I'll look at like my old tweets and I'm like, what was I thinking? Yeah. Like actually my Cambodia. Here's what here's what I said. I, I looked at this. I was like, why did I say that? I said, mm-hmm. first of all, you know how it used to be like, it used to be like, David is. So you'd start that sentence like midway through on Facebook when oh, you posted. Right. Remember yeah. that? So all I said is, is going to Anchor Watt 
and is trapped in a glass case of emotion. Like, I don't <laughs> like... Okay, it's, it's an... It's a quote from Anchorman. But why? Yeah. Why seven years ago, David, did I think to say that? <laughs> I mean, I think Will Ferrell's really funny, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call you out on that. I think that's a great thing to put. Anyway, clearly I've uh, I, I've changed in seven years. Um, <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah. There's some funny articles on like your Facebook behavior in your early twenties versus your late twenties and I feel oh, like totally. this like time hop totally. will yeah. remind you. Yeah, that. no, you see all these pictures of like me partying and stuff and it's like I never post anything like that now. <laughs> Um, okay, so, and all those apps are free, and we'll link to them, iphonelife.com slash podcast. So this week, we're going to talk about holiday gifts, um, and we each came up with our list of top five, so I think we'll just go through it, and I think maybe it'd be fun to do reverse order and start with our fifth top gift. Uh, Sarah, what was your fifth gift? Well, this, uh, for my list, I'm doing presents that I'm either going to give to my kids or I think would make good gifts for kids. Um, so my fifth thing is an clip. Um, one of my daughters is interested mm, yeah. in getting into photography. Um, I feel like a good camera is a very expensive investment for someone who is trying out a hobby. <laughs> so she already has an iPhone and, um, an clip is a pretty affordable way to expand the capabilities of your somewhat limited iPhone camera. So what, what is clip exactly? How does it work? It's basically an attachment that fits on the top of your iPhone, and it has um, a macro lens, a a fisheye lens, and a wide-angle lens. And so I I feel like combined with your camera and some good editing apps on your iPhone, you can actually make a really good start at uh, developing a good photography hobby. Mm -hmm. This is what we give away for our photography contest in our magazine. So the winner gets this and it's a four in one lens. So it has two different macro settings, which let you get like, you know, shots of dew drops and bugs and things like that in really stunning detail. I mean, I think you can get some really amazing shots with it. I but I think you can also just get the macro lens for a little cheaper. Ah, interesting. Um, I know our editor, Rayanne, does a lot of macro yeah. photography, and she I think she uses Clip and really likes it. So it's definitely a good gift. And mm-hmm. it's what's the price point? It's like $50? I think it's a little more. Okay. Isn't it? It's 79 more like, I think. Oh, yeah, $80. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, and I know if you want to spend even a little bit more, uh, one of the only, one of the things that bothers me about Clip, I have one, and I find I don't use it because just one extra thing I have to carry in my pocket. Right. And apparently I've, it's a well-established fact now <laughs> that I hate carrying things in my pocket. Yeah, I mean, like, if you think about how many things women carry in their purses and guys only have pockets, I mean... Yeah, exactly. And, you know, really between a wallet, yeah. keys, and a cell phone, it's already, like, enough. But if you're into photography, like, carrying around a tiny little... It's really not that as big. As opposed I to, mean, like, yeah. a big DSLR. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're doing a little like, better. Absolutely. Expensive lenses. But what yeah. you can do is you can get a case, an clip case, that actually, I think the clip attaches onto it. Yeah. So if you're going to be out and about, it's nice. And I'm a yeah. big fan of... I mean, I usually use pretty minimal cases, but I'm a big fan of kids having cases on mm-hmm. their phones. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'll definitely look into that, David. Okay. <laughs> uh, Donna, what's your number five? So I put this as number five, five on my list because it's probably not for everyone on your list, and it's the Fitbit Flex. And so I feel like you only want to give it to someone who's into health and fitness, and you're not like giving them some weird hints. What are you trying to say, Donna? Yeah. Why did you give this to me? Yeah. <laughs> so. A lot of people are really into the idea of sleep 
tracking and fitness tracking. Yeah, fitness so is okay. Like, I, I mean, for, most people wouldn't be offended, I wouldn't think. For most part, for Unless most you've people. been making like rude comments about their weight <laughs> already. Yeah. Yeah. As long as, yeah, they don't think you're trying to have some kind of intervention or something. But anyway, so the Fitbit Flex, it's $79. So it's one of the cheaper, um, it's the cheapest fitness bracelet. They also have like a little clip on that you can have on your uh, belt loop or something like that. But I don't find those people as accurate. Those. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I've had two of the ones that fit on my belt loop and lost both of them like within a couple yeah, of days. Yeah, like so they go definitely, through the washer, yeah. I'm sure. So definitely the ones that are the bracelets work well. And 79, they're $79? Yeah. Um, so the Flex is 79. It doesn't have continuous heart rate tracking like the Charge and the Surge mm. have, but it's um, it's definitely the best looking one. It's just kind of like a small minimalist bracelet, whereas the the Surge at least is pretty huge and yeah. Unattractive. Unless you're like going to CrossFit every day, maybe it's not yeah. good for you. Yeah. Yeah, and you know. It's also it's, it's like as much as an Apple Watch too. It's pretty expensive. The surge, it's right? It's like two fifty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so the um, it also is like all of them have sleep tracking, and you're more likely to wear something small to bed. Like I yeah. wouldn't want to wear a big yeah. chunky watch to bed. Totally. Yeah. So um, it has sleep tracking and heart rate tracking, and the Fitbit app is also really nice, and you can do food tracking if you want to do the whole calorie tracking thing. Mm. So my number five, and in general, just to preface this, I think with all of ours, uh, tech gifts can be a little expensive. So most of our gifts are, I think, in the 50 to, I don't know. 200. To 300 range. Basically, like, these are gifts for your nearest and dearest who you spend money on, like, a lot of money on. Yeah, exactly. And this one, I think, is my most expensive on my list, but it's the Nest thermostat. Uh, I have one and I, I love it. I think we've talked about it in previous podcasts. And um, it's one of those things. In general, I tried to pick gifts that people wouldn't necessarily buy for themselves, like uh, things that are they might really love but wouldn't justify buying for themselves. And Nest definitely falls into that category. And not only is it going to save them money, but it's just so nice to come home to a warm house every day. Yeah, uh, and especially just, in the winter months. Yeah, and everyone I talk to just loves it. So... 250 bucks, um, and it's a really fun gift because it's something people often wouldn't buy for themselves but would really love and appreciate. Sarah, number four. Well, I would say an iTunes gift card. It mm. makes an odd, you can get it in all sorts of different denominations. I like it because I'm not always willing to uh, pony up for paid apps uh, through our family sharing. <laughs> right. um, I usually decline to approve those. Um, and, of course, Apple doesn't just offer iTunes gift cards. They have, like, App Store gift cards and Apple Store gift cards. So um, I'm going to post a list on the podcast blog post just saying, you know, wh- which gift card would maybe be the best one for depending on how you think your recipient will use it because a gift card is only as useful as the person's desire to shop in that particular <laughs> yeah. ecosystem. So. Um, yeah, and I think we were talking about this before the podcast, and my memory was that um, iTunes cards, App App Store cards, and Apple Store cards, there's gift cards for all three of those, and they're different. So, But I think you can use an iTunes gift card for pretty much most of those. Yeah, so we will confirm yeah. that because you certainly – what you don't want to do, for example, is get somebody like a $200 iTunes card because you think they're going to get an iPad with it. Right. Um, so – Definitely that does not work. Apple Store has its own cards that are different than iTunes cards, but you might be able to use iTunes cards for App Store, and we will look into that. So go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, and we will clarify that for you. That's right. 
And that might be a good way to go if since some of these, you know, especially if you're talking about a device like an iPad and you can't afford to buy one for them, getting a card that can help them help them like on their way to getting one is a nice thing. So appreciated and you can get them in so many different denominations and they make great stocking stuffers and you can put them in cards. And there's something uh, on one hand gift cards like limit what they can spend money on, but on the other hand, if you just give somebody cash, it's just there's something that doesn't quite feel special about it. Whereas a gift yeah. card still has that special feeling. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of gift cards as a main gift because it's it doesn't require a great deal of thought, but mm. Um, unless, of course, like you said, you know someone wants to buy yeah, an iPad and you want to contribute, but maybe not pay for the whole iPad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they're they're a really great sort of secondary gift. Oh, my number four. And your number it's four, Donna. Your okay. Turn. So the BB-8 uh, Droid by Sparrow I put as my number four gift. It's one hundred fifty dollars. It's a smartphone controlled little friendly robot. And with the Star Wars movie coming out this holiday season, I thought that it's a it's a fun gift because I know, I mean, at least all of my friends are really excited to see Star Wars. And so it's good for, a few, you know, nieces and nephews, but also, I mean, there's so many adult fans. Um, and Sparrow creates other droids as well um, uh, that you, so you use an app to do the steering mm-hmm, using mm-hmm. the gyroscope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the battery life is something like 60 minutes, so it's not that long, but it has like a little charging dock I mean, that how it long, sits in. How long are you going to do this for? Like <laughs> three hours of driving Spiro around in circles? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. But I thought it'd be a fun thing. It's a fun thing with pets potentially too. Oh, like I have a dog God, and I could see it would be really funny David, to see him chasing David it around. David made the mistake of... Uh, of using a laser pointer to play with his dog, and it didn't go well. Oh, it went well for me. <laughs> it didn't go well for Reggie. Um, he really got very excited, and I, I at one point just had him literally just spinning in circles chasing this thing. But I felt really badly because afterwards he kept, like, walking around the house in high alert trying to find this, like, mysterious red dot. (laughs) We stopped using it because I did research and found out that it actually is really not healthy for dogs. So don't use laser pointers. Spheros might be okay, but I feel like my dog would destroy it in, like, two minutes, though. Yeah. Mm, Yeah, probably. So, and this is $150, so you might not. Yeah. Not a Not for pets, maybe. And I have a suggestion. I think um, both of my sisters um, and I usually go in on presents Mm. for each other and for our parents. And so with a lot of these gifts, that's a good way to go because you might not want to spend $150 on one person. Yeah. Now, what does, I mean, my only problem with Sphero in general, and I, I haven't used a Star Wars one, but I've used other ones, they're really fun to play with, but they don't actually do that much. Is this one actually, like, does it do anything or is it just kind of a toy to play with it's mainly a toy i mean it's fun to steer it but it's it is a toy mm-hmm. that's really all there's yeah. no like practical which is nothing wrong it. with yeah. Um, yeah but yeah i think 60 minutes battery life is probably fine then <laughs> <laughs> you're right. at that point if your kids are playing with it you'll probably be happy for it to die yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> true my my number four is uh fugu bluetooth speakers I feel like everybody should have a nice pair of Bluetooth speakers in their house. And this one's one of my favorites because they're portable. You can take them from room to room. You can, they're waterproof and drop proof. So you can take them camping. They have a long battery life Uh, and they're pretty small, but they have surprisingly big sound. So one of my favorites in terms of Bluetooth speakers and they're expensive for gifts, but not necessarily that expensive for a speaker. I think it's like 150 bucks or something like that. I feel like everyone would love a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. Like it's kind of one of those presents that you can't go wrong. Yeah, everyone loves them. And like, 
I, I actually uh, got a Bluetooth speaker for a friend, uh, I think a year or two ago. And every time I go over there, they're using it. So it's like one of those That's gifts nice. that people use every day. And those are yeah. fun too. Same with the Nest. It's like every day you, you'll, you'll see it and you'll use it and you'll think of that person. So those are nice. Have you ever tried the UE um, Ultimate Ears Megaboom? No. Is no. it good? That's my I read, favorite I read about speaker. that. You, you wrote about it, right? Yeah, I like it a lot. I'm, I was just curious how the Fugu holds up against that. But um, I... They're both waterproof also. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot in this genre. Um, yeah. And they're all, you know, they're, I'm sure there's plenty of good ones. Fugu just happens to be my favorite. And I saw they had a fun display at uh, CES last year in Vegas. CES where, is Consumer Electronics Show, by the way. Right. And they had a bunch of speakers going underwater and had, like, people throwing them around and just showing how rugged they are. Yeah, they're very rugged, and they, yet they look pretty sleek. Like, a lot of the rugged ones look Rugged. A little too rugged, maybe. <laughs> um, and also, uh, the guy who owns the company who we met at Consumer Electronics Show, he actually, he's been in the industry for years, and he was one of the key people in terms of inventing Bluetooth way back when. Um, so, uh, really just solidly made speakers, uh, and a nice company, too. All right, so my number three is headphones for kids. Um, uh-huh. A really important thing is, like, you want to protect kids' hearing, and of course, on their iDevices, like their iPad or iPhone, you can set volume limits, but you can't do it on the other devices that, like, I don't think you can do it on a Mac and, you know, what other, other device they might be using it for, and, and so you want to protect their hearing, and so if you get a pair of headphones for your kids that have volume control, then you can protect their hearing no matter what they're doing with them. Um, so I like kids gear. It's very inexpensive. I think like $30 for a wireless pair. Um, and Nabi, spelled N-A-B-I, also makes a good um, pair of kids' headphones. They're a bit more expensive at $65, and they do have a wire. They have cables. Um, I'm a fan of wireless headphones for kids because they're really hard on them. Um, I mean, kids mm-hmm. like, yeah. they don't just sit in one place and use headphones. They run around carrying their tablet. and <laughs> <laughs> They probably prefer wireless too, I would think. Uh, yeah, I would imagine. Um, so, so I, that's what I would recommend for kids and don't spend too much on children's headphones. I mean, headphones can cost as much as like $400 oh, yeah. and you know, you, you have to judge, you know, your kid, like their level of responsibility, but I would yeah. say go cheaper for kids. Especially if they're wireless. I feel like wireless are easy to lose sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. All right. Are you ready for my yeah. number three one? Okay. So Belkin Wemo smart switch mm. is what I put down. Um, I think smart home gear is a fun new area, a relatively new um, new area of things you can do with your with your smartphone. But a lot of them require a big setup process, and you don't right. know if people are gonna really have the interest to do that. So this it just plugs into a um, mount on your wall, and then you can plug in anything you want. Um, to that, such as a lamp or some kind of kitchen appliance or yeah, rice cooker, <laughs> yeah, rice cooker, the like space heater, whatever. I can already and, tell I'm thinking about what I'm gonna use one for. <laughs> yeah, and you use the Belkin Wemo app to set, like you can set it to turn on when you arrive at your house or at different times of day. So that's a cool way. Like it's like an introduction to smart home, and it only costs fifty dollars and is easy to do and doesn't. It's not a big commitment. So I thought mm-hmm. that'd be a fun one. I like that idea. Yeah, that's one actually I was going to add to my list and saw you had first, so I didn't. Yeah, David definitely gave me the idea on this one because <laughs> he, has, he has plans this winter for how he's going to use one. I do. I think I might have talked about this in the last podcast. I'm getting a couple of them and I'm setting them up in my room 
so that uh, and you can set up what's called like a scene so i'm going to set one up in my room a scene where at a certain time or based on like uh whatever rules i set up my space heater will turn on when my uh, nest is automatically programmed to go down in the evening so my nest turns the temperature down and my space heater is going to turn on at the same time and my lamp's going to turn on in my room too so i'm excited about that uh so you know there's lots of fun uses for it and again these are gifts that it's a reasonable price gift for a gift, but yet it's kind of expensive to buy for yourself. So people might not do it, and that that's a nice one. Uh, my number three is Life Proof Free, or Frey. I never know how I'm supposed to pronounce that. Free, I think, is the consensus okay. that we came to in the office. But okay. <laughs> I don't know. Might be Frey. Maybe we'll have to I actually think we asked him. I, th- I, think, yeah. I think we did ask I think him. I think free. it's free. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Spelled F-R-E. Yeah, that's why. Thus the confusion. Um and basically, you know, I get asked a lot, especially this time of year, what's your favorite case? And if you want to do a slim case, uh, I think, you know, they're all basically the same. But if you want a really protective case, this is a great one because it's still pretty, relatively slim for the level of protection it offers. Right. But it's waterproof. It's drop proof. Uh, it's just a really quality all around case. Uh, and it's about goes for about $80. So. Yeah, I think it's my favorite protective case because mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of really bulky ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, Otterbox actually owns LifeProof, but Otterbox has like the Defender series, which is really bulky, but is not waterproof. They, mm. They've now come yeah. out with one, but it's like, this one's actually less bulky than a lot of the Otterbox ones, but it's waterproof and it seems very protective. Number two, Sarah. All right, my number two is, um, and this is, you know, if you're really going all out for your kids, is an iPad mini um, I've noticed a lot of kids start asking for iPhones, but if you talk to them about what they're really going to do with their phone, what they're really asking for is an iPad mini mm-hmm. because they want to play games, they want to connect with their friends over FaceTime, and they want to watch videos, um, but you may not want the cell phone bill. Mm-hmm. So this is a good compromise for a younger kid, um, and so that's what I would definitely recommend for anyone who's wondering i mean older kids you kind of need to know where they are and maybe have them have a cell phone but younger kids aren't usually out without supervision and what they really want is an ipad mini and what's ipad mini what are they going for these days well you know i mean the nice thing about ipad is that they last a long time so you can get i i i can put the prices in the podcast i don't really know i mean i think it's 250 to 350 depending on how on the model mm-hmm. yeah and the thing is they last a long time i would buy and you can get the, a kind of an outdated yeah, model and still have it be really yeah functional. totally i mean yeah. i would buy the newest model you can afford you know <laughs> but because but then you'll be able to keep it for a long yeah, time totally. because they yeah. don't like iphones get outdated pretty quickly i feel mm-hmm. like but ipads people hold on to them for a long time yeah so it's a good yeah that's another reason to choose to get that for your child over a, a phone Absolutely. i also think it's a great gift to go in on for your parents or your grandparents because mm-hmm. i noticed right. you know a lot of older people really like ipads and it's not something as essential as, as a smartphone so they might not already have one right yeah that's it's another one of that whole category of gifts that are people love when they get them but don't yeah. always justify splurging it's a luxury on them. Yeah. yeah and they, they tend to be um you know for a lot of the things for um elderly people uh what they use a computer for they can use an ipad for and it's a little bit more accessible a little bit easier so totally all right, so my number two is a third-party bands for the Apple Watch. Um, Sanho has a nice one. Uh, 
man, I have to look up what it's called. It's like Hyperlink maybe? Yeah, yeah. The Sanho Hyperlink, it's $99 and it's a stainless steel band. So it's a really nice masculine one. Mm -hmm. And it's less than the Milanese Loop that Apple offers, which is $150. And um, yeah. well, I was just going to say, most people, like the best selling model of the Apple Watch was the Sport. And if you spent only $350 you know, to $400 on your watch, you don't only necessarily... Only, maybe, is yeah. the right word yeah. there. <laughs> well, yeah, not only. If you spent as much as that, yeah. you don't necessarily want to buy a really expensive yeah. watch band. And so that's why I really like this idea of yours. It, like, and it makes yeah. a big difference, too. I have a, a different one. I have the mono wear. It's like a black leather band. And it just makes it look from being the like a fitness accessory to being like a respectable watch. And it, for yeah. an extra fifty hundred bucks, it is really nice to have. And it's something again, if you spend a lot of money on your Apple Watch, you may not have wanted to splurge on. So yeah, so this is a good thing for like the tech lover on your list because they're they already have to have an Apple Watch. Yeah. To do this, um, I also think that the it, getting a different sport band is a good gift as well. Maybe for. A woman because the the one I mentioned before is pretty manly, um, but they have a lot of different colors. It's also nice just yeah. to be able to switch up depending on the time, you know. I mean, I, I do that. I have two sport bands. Yeah, so that's kind of fun, and that's $50, so it's a little more reasonable. Right. So that's mm -hmm. my number two. All right. My number two is uh, Parrot Flower Power. Uh, Parrot's a fun company, too. You, you should go to their website and check it out because they have I, I didn't put them on because they're a little on the expensive side, but they have really fun consumer drones. Mm -hmm. um, but F Flower Power is a little bit cheaper. I think it's like uh, 60 or $70. And what it is... David has one. I have one. Mm -hmm. uh, and what it is, is it's a sensor that you put in your plants. And I, I tend to kill all my plants. So we're in my office right now and all my plants are dead. <laughs> um, but they it's a sensor that monitors... Uh, it, it syncs with your iPhone and you set up on... A, it has a an app that goes with it that you set up okay here's what plant it is and then it monitors the sunlight and how much you're watering it and the soil nutrients and tells you all the things about that plant and whether or not it's uh doing well and what you need to do to to not kill it like i kill my plants and doesn't it have like a library of thousands of plant varieties yeah, so yeah. it'll give you very tailored instructions exactly for that plant. now the only the only problem is it's like sometimes i don't really know what plant it is and if i took yeah. that tag off it's like there's too many plant options for me to choose. That's um, true. But in general, it's fun. And you can also, because you can switch up which one it's monitoring, you can use buy one of them and, and uh, put a different plant around the house. So this is d definitely something that sounds fun, but is it a bit of a novelty, like one of those things you don't end up using that much? Or? You know, I mean, I obviously don't care for my plants as much as I should. Um, so I yeah. haven't checked it as much as regularly as I should have. Um, but it's, it's so somewhere in between where it could be very mm -hmm. practical, but also depending on the person could be a novelty. They actually have a more expensive model, which is like a flower pot. And that will automatically water the plant when it needs it. I'm going to just yeah, say that's cool. your plant will grow out of that pot and then what? Yeah. Well, then okay. Then you put a different plant in it. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun novelty and it's could be practical depending on the person. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number one gift, guys. Number one gift. All right. So this actually goes with my number two gift, which is if you're going to buy your kid an iPad mini, you should definitely get them a rugged case. Um, Otterbox, yeah. like David mentioned, their Defender series, they make a really good one for the iPad mini. Um, I'm actually going to, there's so many different options depending on how you think your kids are going to try to destroy the iPad <laughs> that I'm going to link to a couple of our um, most popular roundups of rugged iPad cases. 
But the Otter Box Defender is cool because it has. It seems like it wraps all the way around the front. So even if you drop it on its face, like there's exactly. pretty much no way it's going to break. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, kids will always surprise you with the inventive ways that they can destroy things. So, <laughs> so it's a good idea to you know protect that investment. Um, cool. And for adults, I really like folio-style iPad cases. They tend mm. to hold up the iPad at the right angle for most use cases. So if you if, if adults are not going to drop their phone that frequently, I mean, they are protective, but not as protective. But I like folio. Yeah, yeah I Those think are the ones getting... that fold over the front, right? Yeah, they... exactly. And they fold over, too, and you can kind of prop up your iPad. And use like... them as sort of a kickstand. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So my number one is the new Apple TV. And I actually, uh, my sisters and I are going in on one for my dad, and I bought one for my husband. So yeah, they're for both for your husband, Donna. <laughs> yeah, for both of us. And I've refrained Let's from watch opening TV it again tonight, honey. <laughs> they're both like sitting upstairs right now in my guest room, and so it's like very tempting. But I feel like that was just such an awesome gift because I mean it's one hundred and fifty dollars, so it's definitely like a, a bigger gift. But it, um, as far as tech gifts go it's not that bad like my dad really wants an ipad mm-hmm. pro and there's no yeah. way i'm gonna get nope. that for him that <laughs> that's this, when an apple store gift card is really uh-huh. handy yeah but this i think that you know i know he really wants it he has an apple tv and this is a big upgrade and so it just will really improve the experience yeah and it's pretty reasonably priced i mean when we're talking about buying somebody an iphone case for like 80 90 dollars it's yeah. like i feel like apple tvs are like way more exciting than that for 150 bucks oh yeah. yeah and over the thanksgiving break i went to an apple store and like got to use the apple tv and the interface is like really it's it's so much better the siri control is awesome David did a hands-on review a few episodes ago of the podcast, mm-hmm. and he really likes it. Yeah, I, I love mine. I, if you haven't listened to that review, you can. And we also have an article mm-hmm. I wrote about it that we can post. Um, and yeah, my my number one, although my real number one was Apple TV, but Donna stole <laughs> all my best gifts. <laughs> um, yeah. But as you, listeners of this podcast know, I'm I'm a fan of glass screen protectors. I think everybody should have a glass screen protector on their phone. I agree. And I think most people probably only need a glass screen protector and don't necessarily need a case um, because as is also well established, I drop my phone a lot and sometimes I break my glass screen protectors, but my phone seems to be relatively intact. Um, So my new favorite glass screen protector is a company called Kiasi. And why I like them is the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 6S have uh, kind of tapered edges. They're kind of rounded corners a little bit. And most glass screen protectors don't cover the bezel. They don't cover those kind of tapered edges. And, and that's where you're most likely to hit your phone. And that's where I always hit my phone and it scratches my phone. It also chips the glass screen protector, which makes it less durable and looks bad. Um, so Kiasi actually wraps all the way around the edge of the phone. Looks really looks a lot better because you don't have that like glass screen protector edge on it. Uh, and protects your phone a little bit better. And how's the application? Because I'm using the Topaz that you talked about mm-hmm. last week, and I feel like it didn't line up well. Sarah has lots of bubbles under hers. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It's really annoying. And I have the yeah. Topaz too, which also is the only other one that we've found that wraps around your phone, but mine shattered uh, in, in a tragic accident. <laughs> yeah. um, and mine also had bubbles. So yeah, Topaz seems to not apply that well. I haven't yet to actually put the uh, Kiasi on my phone. I'm requesting a unit now. Um, but Connor, who's one of our editors, has one on her phone. It seems to be bubble-free, and she said it applied really easily. It hasn't broken yet. Uh, so it seems to be the way to go. 
Yeah, I don't know why glass screen protectors can be so hard to apply. And so stressful, because when you mess them up, it's like kind of yeah. hard to get them back in You can't correct. take them off and put them back on. It doesn't work I like mean, that. in theory, yeah. it should work, but it's hard yeah. to do. And then you get a piece of dust on there. So yeah, it, yeah. It, application is not their strong Bodyguards does not. I mean, they don't have the rounded, the curved edges, but they, mm -hmm. I feel like they have the best system I've encountered so far for applying. Yeah, I really like bodyguards. They, don't they have the little plastic tray that yeah. is the size of your phone? It like has the glass screen protector right. and all you have so, to do is like put your phone in it. Yeah, so there's basically zero way you can mess it up, which <laughs> I mean, people just aren't that coordinated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Kiasi, it's a little more expensive. I think it's 60 or $70, but if, it protects your screen, and so even most of the time, it's not gonna break, but even if the glass screen protector breaks, your screen is okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's only, in my opinion, the only case you need. So I definitely recommend it. All right. All right. And always check out Amazon. Actually, for any of these products, yeah. you should check and see, because a lot of times you can yeah. get things cheaper. We're listing like the manufacturer's value. recommended yeah. pricing, but you can usually get it significantly cheaper if you do a little That's a like, good tip. searching That's online. That's a good tip. All right, guys, well, uh, let us know what you think. If you have any holiday gifts we left off or if you give somebody one of our holiday gifts and they like it, let us know. If they don't like it, we don't need to hear that probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, send us an email at podcast at iphonelife.com. Also, like I said, we will be linking to all these products. So go to iphonelife.com slash podcast. Uh, and we uh, do podcast every week. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. And go to iphonelife.com slash insider to subscribe to insider. And iphonelife.com slash daily tip to subscribe to daily tip. And that's all we got. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in.